Good morning, church. My name is Lisa, and I'm one of the pastors here at Christ City Church. We are T minus 12 days in counting until Christmas. And if that makes you a little anxious, kind of like it makes me, uh, just take a nice deep breath and come back to this moment. Remember that the point of Christmas is presence, which is something that we're going to talk about today, uh, but I'll get to that later. Uh, no need to stress right now about all the things. Just be here for the next few minutes so we can be reminded of the joy of the season and reorient ourselves this morning. Today is going to be a bit different because, well, 2020, and everything has had to be a little different. And more than one more lengthy Sunday sermon, um, I thought it would be nice to experience a kind of a message together that's a bit more interactive. So I'm hoping that we can talk and hear each other this morning at various points throughout the chat. So here's what you're going to need, um, a way to engage in the chat. If you are watching on your TV on YouTube, then quick go grab your phone or your tablet and sign in to the Zoom. Um, the link can be found on our social media channels and also it's uh, go.christcitydc.org forward slash live. Um, and then sign in and, and do all that so that you can comment. Um, if you don't have an extra device, then I would encourage you to grab a journal um, and something to write with so that you can kind of participate just beyond listening. So go ahead and do that now. I've got a little explaining to do and I'm gonna buy you some time. By now, you're dying to know if I'm in my pajamas. Yes, I am in my pajamas. And it's not because I didn't do laundry this week. And it's not because I didn't have anything else to wear. And it's not because I woke up late and didn't have time to get dressed. It's because I knew that I was going to ask you to participate in a different way this morning. And if you're in your PJs, which probably true, and you're not expecting to be presentable yet, then maybe it will help you if I'm in my PJs. Also, we're talking about joy this morning, and these PJs are pretty joyful. Aside from their beautiful pink bows and delightful ribbon-trimmed collar and this joyful heart-shaped pocket on the side, they're joyful for me because they were a Christmas gift years ago from my daughter, Annalise. So listen, if you still have bedhead and you're in your jammies and you just can't do the camera on the Zoom thing, which I think nobody is camera on, totally fine. No problem. Um, we're right here with you. I'm right here with you. And we're going to do this thing together. If you don't have an additional device, by now you've probably gotten your journal. Um, and you can grab that and, and we're ready. Okay, so are you ready? See there? You can type in the chat. Yes, I'm ready. Or almost there. Or Lisa, you're kind of extra this morning, but those PJs are fire. Okay. Maybe don't type that, but do engage in the chat because here we go. There's a phrase that I think maybe may have become popularized in 2020. And that phrase is bringing me so much joy right now. I love it because in a devastating year like 2020, we absolutely need to name the things that are bringing us so much joy. Think through this week or this month and drop in the chat a few things that you can say have brought you so much joy. I'm gonna share this Jada Pinkett Smith GIF just to help inspire you to comment. Jada and I wanna know what is bringing you so much joy. 
I found a few things on the Googler and while you share and read through others' uh, thoughts in the chat, um, here's what's joyful for perfect strangers that we don't know. Someone's pantry spreadsheet was bringing her joy in the early days of pandemic. Uh, there's a family bringing Ellen DeGeneres so much joy. Uh, Get Fit with Jess had some kind of engagement that was bringing her joy. So maybe for you, it's it's exercise. <clears throat> Let's see, where are we in the chat? Oh, oh, okay, we have ready and wearing some pants. Well, that's helpful, thanks. Um, going through old photos, I have done that. We have done that. And decorating your new apartment, sounds amazing. Warm autumn weather, yes, absolutely. My wife, oh, that's really sweet. I can't see who did that. All right, so wonderful. There are things that are bringing us so much joy. This week for me, it was a sunrise that brought me joy. Here's a pretty terrible photo of a beautiful and joyful moment for me. It was like literally got out of bed to see the sunrise. So it was too cold to go outside and get a real picture. So I just did the best that I could from my bedroom window. And it wasn't going to be for anyone except for me. But then as it goes with sermon writing, the things that are for you often are not just for you. Truth. Uh, this week has been extra hard. Friday and Saturday, I learned about Brandon Bernard and the five people on death row now scheduled to be executed between now and, um, and January. And I'm, I'm enraged. I, I was furious this week. Lord, have mercy. I also learned about Casey Goodson, another young black man who was shot in the back while trying to enter his apartment with a Subway takeout sandwich. I'm devastated and I'm outraged about that. Lord, let your justice flow down like water and your righteousness like an ever flowing stream. On a more personal front, I've had to work, I've had so many work things that feel weighty and difficult. Most of them are fantastic opportunities, but ones that are tremendously stretching for me. Family life in the pandemic is challenging. This week was the epitome of that for the Watsons. We were grinding out schoolwork until the wee hours several nights this week. Matthew is away, so I anticipated the extra load of managing life and a seriously busy week alone. There were tears and help me Jesus prayers during the past week and a half at the very real sense that I just don't have time for it all, for all the things that need my attention, marriage and work and kids and all the things. And into that sense of overwhelm and darkness was this amazing, colorful sunrise. That's the thing about joy. It's most profound when it comes in the dark. That's also the message of Advent. Joy, the person of joy, Jesus, showed up in the dark. There was metaphorical darkness, 400 years of silence from the prophets who were God's messengers to his people. That's a lot of silence. People were waiting for the Messiah to come and they were waiting to be delivered out from under the heavy occupation of the Roman Empire. And there was Mary a poor teenage girl who was navigating an unexpected pregnancy and her fiance, Joseph, 
who navigated the darkness of what people in their small town might say about Mary being pregnant without yet being his wife. Add to that already complex situation, an 80 mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem to comply with a random census ordered by the empire. They were riding on a donkey and walking on foot for 80 miles. After finally arriving in the overcrowded, overoccupied Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph faced the darkness of nowhere to stay and she's in labor. They find space, but it's not anything like what I'm sure they had imagined or dreamed about for ushering in the earthly life of the savior of the world. There was literal and metaphorical darkness in the fields nearby for the shepherds who were subjected to a caste-like system that considered them incompetent to the extent that they were not allowed to be witnesses in a court of law and they were denied their civil rights. There were so many layers of hardship. But on this one night, 2000 years ago, joy broke through the darkness. If you have your Bible nearby, join me in Luke 2 at verse 8. Pay attention to or even mark or highlight where you see darkness and where you see joy and get ready to comment in the chat. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What did you notice? Go ahead and drop it in the chat. I'll check in in the chat in just a minute. That'll give you a chance to, to, to type. Where did you notice darkness? Where did you notice joy? There was literal darkness. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going and then I'm gonna look at the chat. Where did you notice darkness and where did you notice joy? There was literal darkness over the hills outside of Bethlehem as the shepherds were watching over their flocks at night. There was the type of darkness that comes with fear. It's a bit more nuanced and insidious because fear shows up in night and day. It shows up in every single season of every single year. And it comes in all kinds of forms. Yes, they were watching over their flocks at night. Joy, a sweet sleeping baby. Oh, that's really great. Yes, that is joyful, a sweet sleeping baby. Um, so they were, um, there's fear. It comes in all seasons and in all kinds of forms. In the story, the angel is aware of the shepherd's fear and gives a very commonly heavenly word, a common heavenly word to them and says, don't be afraid. I'll come back to that in just a minute. Joy, here we go, I'm checking the chat. That Christ is good news for all people, yes and amen. Terrified shepherds, yes. Joy with a baby in a manger, yes. That's absolutely right. For those of you who aren't in the chat, feel free to write down these things in your journal so that you can come back to them later this week. 
So there wasn't just darkness, there was joy too. One way I see it is that God's announcement came first to the ones who were despised and discarded. The shepherds were the first ones to find out that the Messiah, the promised one, our rescue, God in flesh had come to their community and they were invited to be part of the celebration and witness it for themselves. Man, that is joyful. The joy wasn't just in the fact that there was a message of good news. The joy was that the message pointed to a tiny brown baby boy who broke into the silence and the darkness to, and to the confusion and the despair to bring joy, to be joy in a world full of chaos and confusion and injustice. Joy showed up in the darkness. Joy didn't just come as some message from heaven on high. Joy laid in the manger. This is the message of Advent. The arrival, the inbreaking of joy had finally come. It's so easy to lose sight of joy in the midst of the grind of our everyday lives. We've had hard years, yes? This year wins the gold medal of hardest, insert your adjective of choice, but maybe don't drop it in the chat, year of the decade for us collectively. I think part of what has made it such a hard year is the fear. The fear of increased and persistent injustice against our communities of color. The fear that the evil of white supremacy might flood and drown us in ways we can hardly bear to imagine. The fear of getting COVID, the fear of losing loved ones to COVID, the fear of not knowing how to cope because of the ones that we have lost to COVID, the fear of losing our jobs, our houses, our neighbors, our normal way of learning, our normal way of relating as humans. It's been an especially difficult year, and fear has played a huge role in that. Christianity Today recently did an article that will be shared in the chat that you can check out later. 2020's most read verse of the year. Anybody want to take a guess? Do not fear. Has there been a fear that's been hardest for you? If you'd like, you can share that in the chat. There's been some for me. How will I manage? How do I adapt to one more thing? How do I, how do I be a good parent in these times? Those are real fears and we are navigating those fears. I love that one of the most common messages from God to God's people throughout the scriptures is, don't be afraid. Sometimes we hear, don't be afraid. And it's more like a dismissal than an expression of empathy. God isn't asking us to dismiss our fears and pretend like everything is fine. No. God matches our fear with both his presence and his power. Here's a few verses to show you what I mean. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear. For I am with you. 
presence. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Power. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Presence. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Presence. Isaiah 35, 4, say to those with fearful hearts, this is some of us today, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you power and presence. The story of the storm that raged on the Sea of Galilee in the New Testament, when the disciples were out there with Jesus and the waves were so large, they were crashing over the sides of the boat and the disciples were terrified. They, they thought they were going to die and they rushed down to Jesus who is asleep. They wake him up and they're like, why aren't you doing something? We're going to die. And he says to them, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and it was completely calm. Presence and power. So what's your favorite verse or Bible story about not being afraid. Yes, Chris, I see that fear. Gather yourself. Nikki, thanks for that hashtag, gather yourself. Do you have a favorite verse or story from the scriptures that reminds you not to be afraid? What's your go-to? What's the verse that the spirit brings to mind for you when you feel fear? Share that because this is how we encourage one another as a church. Maybe your verse is a word for somebody else this morning. Daniel and the lion's done. Thank you, Justin. Yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's another one. Anyone else? Psalm 46. Yes. Even if you don't know the reference, you can be like, well, I don't know the reference, but the one that I have in mind goes a little bit like this. This isn't about performance. It's just about us trying to encourage one another. God is our refuge and strength. So feel free to drop that in the chat. We may catch up to it. Psalm 23, yes, yes. Um, we may catch up to it, but if I don't, everybody else still can. And I think that's the whole point of this. When the angel appeared to the shepherds and spoke to them, the very first thing the angel said was, don't be afraid. 
The reason they were told to not be afraid is because God, the creator of the whole universe, the sustainer of every life and every molecule and every height and every depth on this planet and every single planet and star and thing we know about and thing we don't know about yet, that God, Yahweh, the great I am, was about to be born in flesh and carry a new name, Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, the shepherds' fears, they were legitimate, but their God was sufficient. That's why the angel said, don't be afraid. Often, most of the time, our fear doesn't just go away, and often our circumstances remain relatively the same. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our circumstances remain the same, but God matches our fears with his presence and his power. And the sufficiency of who God is. And it's that presence that brings the possibility of joy for us today, even amidst our fear and our hardship. Now, I say possibility very intentionally because the truth is that we can wander through Advent this year and next year and every year from now until the day we die and not choose to experience joy. Maybe we can't get past the fear. I get that. I've been there. But there's another thing that I think we struggle with, especially those of us who've been Christians for a long time. We can lose our awe and wonder of God. You see, fear and awe are very closely related. They're like the opposite sides of the same coin. In fact, often in the Bible, the word fear actually means awe. Take Deuteronomy 6.13, for example, fear the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, that's not shaking your boots and wait to be clobbered by God, fear. That is Stand in awe of the Lord your God. Friends, there is no way we can stand in awe of God if we ignore God. There is no way we can stand in awe of God if we domesticate God to keep God simple and predictable. There is no way we can stand in awe of God if we only ever hear a familiar and predictable message about God that feels far away. And if we never come to the manger to bring our hearts to him and to bring our fears to him and to worship him. I'll never forget the moment when a little kid that I don't know taught me this lesson very perfectly. Nathan is a November baby, so around Christmas back in 2005, he was quite the eligible infant for a live nativity being held at church. And I was a new mom. I, I, I really didn't know what to expect. And, and so I was willing to say yes to most things. And we stood for hours at a manger scene where Nathan laid half naked on hay in a manufactured manger. And people walked by and just looked at us. We didn't have any lines like you would in some kind of a drama. We were just there. 
from what I remember. Poor Nathan cried so much that night. He was probably cold and hungry and tired of being in an unfamiliar place with people constantly walking by and looking at him. And I was so weary towards the end of the night. We all were. And as another group of people came to the nativity to experience the nativity, a little boy walked up to me and handed me a present and said these words, here's a gift for the newborn king. Man, I just get teary just thinking about it and I choked back tears and I was so surprised by my emotion then. You can see, oh, there's the, there's the, um, the gift in the photo back there on the bench just behind Nate. I don't know why it struck me so profoundly. Maybe it was just the unexpectedness of it. Or maybe it was the generosity of this unknown little boy whose parents were helping him practice gift giving and kindness and worship. Maybe it was the prophetic lesson that I needed in order to be reminded of how often I come to Christmas and forget to bring my gift to the newborn king. I forget to come to the manger and bring my worship and awe. And instead, I just walk by like a spectator, relatively unfazed at the familiar, tamed God that I have fashioned. The Advent season is an invitation to joy. It can be a season to experience joy amidst our sorrow. That's real because surely there has been plenty of that to go around this year. It's an invitation to delight in the power and in the presence of God. Advent is not just about looking back, although we certainly do that, but it's also about anticipating the return of God when all things will be made new and peace and justice will be established in the earth. No more tears, no more COVID, no more Brandon Bernards and Casey Goodman, Goodsons, no more kids without parents at the border during the holidays, no more evil or poverty or brokenness at all. Simply justice, joy, peace, and worship around the throne. The angels announced to the shepherds good news of great joy. That was for all people. Someone said it in the chat before. It's for all people. And that's you and me. Here's some good news for you this morning. You don't have to be afraid. The power and presence of God are sufficient for you in the person of Jesus. Let that sink in. You don't have to be afraid in a way that's incapacitating because the power and the presence of God are sufficient for you. More news, good news of great joy. You don't have to be a spectator of your familiar domesticated God. Our God is the Lion of Judah, wild and wonderful, untamed in mercy and justice. 
become curious today as you worship. Come with wonder today. God, have I domesticated you? Am I trying to tame you? Am I just like one of those spectators walking by you? Because I know the story. I know how it ends. I know how Jesus was born. Or can I come and bring my curiosity and wonder what you might have for me today? how you might break through my darkness with your joy. Come to the manger and stand in awe of the joy that was born into our chaos and darkness as a light and salvation to all of humanity. Let's pray together. It's no small thing, God, that you in all of your wonder and majesty and power that our minds can't even conceive that you came into our worlds. And in doing that, you brought joy. And God, we struggle, we struggle to experience that joy. It has been hard and I know that you know that. And so I pray that you would meet us in that hardship and that you would meet us in our despair and that you would meet us in the chaos and that you would bring your joy. Help us, God, to come to you with open hearts, with curiosity, even just a little bit. You remind us that the faith of a mustard seed is sufficient. So for those of us who feel like we've got a mustard seed to offer and feel bad about that, Remind us of your grace and that that's enough. Thank you. Thank you, God, for, um, for this morning. Thank you for the ways that you have been bringing joy to us and allowing us to experience this together, though fragmented. Your work is being done, Spirit, and we honor you for that. And we pray these things in the mighty and joyful name of Jesus. Amen.